0: This is the Fire Commission regular meeting October 25th, 2023 and the time is 5:04. This meeting is being held in person. Members of the public may attend the meeting to observe and provide public comment at the physical meeting location or by calling 415 655 one and using meeting ID number 26617464664. The webinar password is 1234 members of the public may address the Commission for up to 3 minutes per item. Please ensure you are in a quiet location and speak clearly turn off any background sounds. Wait for the item you would like to address to be called when prompted press star 3 to be added to the queue. The system will notify you when you are in line callers will hear silence when waiting for your turn to speak operator will unmute you. You may also watch live at www.sfgovtv.org. Item one, roll call. President Stephen Nakajo. Present. Vice President Army Morgan.
1: Present.
0: Commissioner Catherine Feinstein.
1: Present.
0: Commissioner Marcy Frazier. Present. Commissioner Paula Collins. Present. Chief of Department, Janine Nicholson. Present. President Nakajo will now read the land acknowledgement.
2: Thank you, Madam Secretary. The San Francisco Fire Commission acknowledges that we are on the unceded and homeland of the Ramatush Ohlone who are the original inhabitants of the San Francisco Peninsula. As the indigenous stewards of this land and in accordance with this tradition, the Ramatush Ohlone have never ceased, lost nor forgotten the responsibility as caretakers of this place as well as for all people who reside in their traditional territory. As guests, we recognize that we benefit from living and working on their traditional homeland, we wish to pay our respects by acknowledging the ancestor elders, and relatives of the Rahmatur Saloni community, and by affirming their sovereign rights as first people. Madam Secretary.
0: Item two, general public comment. Members of the public may address the commission for up to three minutes on any matter within the commission's jurisdiction that does not appear on the agenda. Speakers shall address their remarks to the commission as a whole and not to individual commissioners or department personnel. Commissioners are not to enter into debate or discussion with the speaker. The lack of a response by the commissioners or department personnel does not necessarily constitute agreement with or support of statements made during public comment.
3: Good evening, everybody. Thierry Schill here start I, I guess to know me <laughs> a little bit more uh, I, I wasn't really I didn't really uh, let's say I didn't really want to come but I thought yeah once a month to address the fire Commission is important the only thing I, I want to tell you this don't play with fire I, I said that last time right it's important for you to pass the message because sooner or later you burn yourself that's at the end of the story uh, what I want to uh... uh Tell you is that the future is that everybody is going to understand that one must own oneself. So once you understand and you pass the word, you own yourself. You you were not taught this at school. Huh? Nobody told you that. It's already a question you should ask yourself why. No, because when you own yourself, you know exactly that you represent uh, an energy that you own. So nobody tells you how to use this energy properly, except, of course, if the system of education is wrong, which has been the case for centuries now. So this implies, yeah, unfortunately, that's the way it is. So this applies to, yeah, the fire, you know, you guys remember just and pass the world, going. are we going to change the course of humanity here? I'm serious. Own yourself, share the world, meaning you protect yourself, you don't take any crap that's going to affect your happiness, knowing it's your reason for being happiness. That's it. It applies to everybody. So, uh, fire or not, yeah, don't play with fire anyway. <laughs> and some people it seems are still not getting it you just have to look at the skies it's easy to understand i do not want to be specific because uh but okay don't play with the elements don't play with fire on yourself that's it it's gonna uh, raise the level of respect automatically it's mathematic Madam Secretary, is anyone
2: else in the chamber nor on virtual?
0: There is nobody approaching the podium and there is nobody on our public comment line.
2: All right, public comment is closed. Madam Secretary.
0: Item 3, approval of the minutes, discussion and possible action to approve the October 11th, 2023 regular meeting minutes.
2: Madam Secretary, I'll take public comment on this item.
0: I do not see anybody approaching the podium. And there is nobody on our public
2: comment line. Public comment is closed on this item. Commissioners? i
4: like to make a motion that we approve the
2: for Thank you very much, Vice President Morgan. I'll second. Thank you very much, Commissioner Frazier.
0: President Nakajo, how do you vote? I vote aye. Commissioner Feinstein, how do you bo- vote vote? And Commissioner Collins. Okay, the, the motion does pass. Thank you. Item four, Chief of Department's report. Report from Chief of Department Janine Nicholson on current ac- ac- current issues, activities and events within the department since the Fire Commission meeting on October 11th, 2023, including budget, academies, special events, communications and outreach to other government agencies and the public. Report from Administration Deputy Chief Shane Kailoa on the administrative divisions, fleet and facility status and updates, finance, support services, homeland security, and update from Captain Ed Chu of the assignment office. And report from EMS and community paramedicine Deputy Chief Sandra Tong on the EMS and community paramedicine divisions.
2: Thank you very much, uh, Madam Secretary. Good evening, Chief Nicholson.
5: Greetings, President Nakajo, Vice President Morgan, Commissioner Feinstein, Commissioner Frazier, Commissioner Collins, Sister Maureen, Command Staff, Chief Janine Nicholson. This is my report uh, since our last meeting on the 11th of October. APEC preparations continue, and uh, Chief Articeros Brown and Chief Tong have been leading uh the way for us in uh meetings and um, i also partook in a meeting with the secret service and uh, a multitude of other uh, government agencies uh last week um, sort of a practice uh table tabletop uh and then we did another one with um, the department of emergency management so for um, you know situations that could arise during apec um, and if people don't know, APEC is the biggest <laughs> kind of thing to hit San Francisco since uh, 1940, 1945, the United Nations uh, being here. So it is a huge deal. There will be plenty of impacts to the city, um, traffic-wise and and otherwise, um, but it should also bring a whole bunch of money in, over $50 million for um, that week alone, and then... Um, who knows how much more after that with all the meetings with CEOs and heads of state that will be uh, occurring here in San Francisco <clears throat> I went to the California Chiefs the Cal Chiefs uh, conference meeting down in lovely Ontario California um, Chief Kailoa uh, also attended and uh, made some good connections and uh, went to some good meetings and um, yeah, it was nice to uh, to get out and see uh, some of those chiefs um, in in uh, instead of in our little squares all the time. So uh, and um, we have some really good relationships with with other departments throughout the state. Uh, this past weekend, Coit Tower 90th celebration. Uh, Speaker Emerita Nancy Pelosi uh, was in attendance, as was the mayor, as was President Peskin as was a descendant of uh, the Coits. Uh, so um, And uh, yeah, it was a fun little event. That day I also went to the First Responder Career Pathways Fair, which was held here at City Hall. And uh, City EMT uh, had a lot to do with that, but um, organizing it. Um, but it was uh, basically First Responders uh, uh, Fair. So. Um, wildland firefighting, um, a little table for them, uh, police, CHP, um, uh, Bay EMT, just all sorts of organizations came together. Uh, The mayor was also uh, in attendance at that. Um, At uh, St. Ignatius on the 21st, there was a NERT drill uh, with um, quite a few uh, volunteers uh, that uh, several of us uh, uh, went to, and um, great, great job organizing by uh, Captain Brandon Tom and, uh, and everyone else. And I sure do appreciate those NERT volunteers because uh, we will be needing them. Um, and, and they have deployed uh, over the past several years during COVID. Also on Friday evening, I'm sure Chief Tong and Chief Kailoa will hate to hear about this, but there was a banquet in their honor in Chinatown. And um, where they were, they were both honored. And um, it was really well attended, really nice banquet. And uh, um, Commissioner Frazier was in attendance. Thank you for that. And uh, plenty of, plenty of political folks, the mayor even came by. So they were mortified about it, but um, it wasn't bad. It was kind of fun. Yeah, it was fun. So, uh, but that was really nice. (coughs) And then... um, I also met with the new, we have a new set of 9910s at um, EMS. So these are the young people that went through city EMT and are now doing an, an internship on the ambulance. So we have another class of them in. I think this may be our fifth cadre of folks, so it's really clipping along at a pretty good pace. A lot of great work being done. Um, <clears throat> today, met with the BFA, the Black Firefighter Association. We're going to be working with them on some more... Um, uh, career pathway uh, kind of stuff. Uh, also met with um, homelessness and supportive housing to try to tighten up some of our stuff around uh, with our community paramedics getting access for folks. Um, and we also met with a new um, nonprofit that was put together by um, uh, retired firefighter Walter Vivenchio. Um, it is the Firefighter and EMS Behavioral Health uh, Foundation. And so they offer financial support and um, other peer support and the like for folks that are um, uh, having some, some challenging uh, issues. And so it was a good uh, first meeting and look forward to collaborating with them. Also met with Supervisor Chan today on the Emergency Firefighting Water, si- water Supply System. Um, and, uh, and that was a productive meeting. In addition, last week, week before last, we had a boot camp for prospective H uh, two candidates, and there were close to a hundred young people there. We did two sessions, and uh, it was um, it's a good way for them to take their own temperature to see what they're ready for, and uh, get their hands on some equipment. And um, so, yeah, we're going to fine tune it a little as we move along, but. Um, uh, had some really standout folks there. And then we were, um, all city departments were ordered um, to look at budget cuts, mid-year budget cuts of 3%, as well as two uh, positions that, um, unfilled positions that um, we can cut and that will not be reinstated ever. Um, And so we're having internal conversations about that and we'll be um certainly pushing back on on a lot of this and we'll let you know how it goes Uh, but um we we don't have any there's no meat on the bone there's no flesh on the bone there's nothing um and so uh we will we'll have those conversations with uh, the mayor's (coughs) budget office moving forward mark corso has been uh, working on that um, as well and then last but not least uh you likely all saw the news uh, from yesterday where crews had their um, autonomous permit revoked for now by the DMV, <clears throat> which um, uh, you know, came out of um, an accident last month that severely injured um, someone. And so we um, are continuing to meet with them and with Waymo uh, to go over incidents that have happened. So we can, um, you know, sort of inform them. We're working with their engineering folks and their policy people. Uh, Chief Lutrup is and some others are um, to make sure that uh, that, um, things are safe, safer. And uh, so that concludes my report for now.
2: Thank you very much, Chief Nicholson. Thank you very much for your comprehensive report. We'll take public comment on Chief Nicholson's report.
0: There is nobody approaching the podium and nobody on the public comment line.
2: All right. Thank you, Madam Secretary. Public comment is closed. Commissioners, any questions, comments to the Chief? Commissioner Collins?
6: Um, Chief Nicholson, how do Cruz and Waymo explain the accidents?
5: how do they explain the accidents?
6: Yes, What what is their position vis-a-vis these accidents involving their vehicles? So
5: I think Chief Lutrup can really speak to this as he has been in um, meetings with them where uh, they bring video and it's my understanding that they explain what they see and then we explain what we see from our operational perspective and that they had really no understanding of at all. Um, but then there's also this this accident uh, where the woman was run over and dragged, um, which is another story, but go ahead, Chief Letrup.
7: So to clarify, oh, sorry, Deputy Chief Letrup, uh, good afternoon or evening. President Ocasio, Vice President Morgan, Commissioner Collins, Frazier, and Feinstein Howard. So to clarify the question, are we speaking specifically to the incident with Cruz at fifth and market or overall explanation?
6: Well, I think the, the incident at fifth and market is the most egregious and the most recent. My understanding from reports that have been given previously is that there's not complete comprehension by Cruz or Waymo about the potential severity that we are addressing. So I guess my real question is, has their position changed given this most recent incident?
7: So we we did meet and discuss the most recent incident. Um, it's obviously an ongoing investigation by the police department, et cetera, et cetera, and we are not investigating it as the fire department. We just brought our point of view to it. Um, I DO HAVE TROUBLE SPEAKING FOR THE COMPANIES, BUT MY REACTION TO THEIR REACTION IN GENERAL IS JUST A DISCONNECT CULTURALLY. SO WITH with THE INCIDENT WE'RE SPEAKING ON, um, THE CAR DID WHAT IT WAS programmed TO DO. THE CAR DID WHAT THE ENGINEERS THOUGHT WAS APPROPRIATE FOR THE INCIDENT. AND OBVIOUSLY, IT WAS NOT, AND WE BROUGHT THAT TO LIGHT IN OUR MEETING WITH THEM AND DISCUSSED um, obviously our concerns about what happened at that particular incident and other incidents that have occurred. Uh, in general, what I see is uh, a group of people who are deeply, uh, tied to a technology who are working very diligently to make it do a thing, which is drive through the city, of San Francisco, delivering passengers, um, safely. And when they encounter, edge cases, novel cases, or they encounter anything that isn't currently embedded in the programming inside of their system, um, no one is entirely clear how it will react. Um, So every incident, when you get to those circumstances where it is new to the program, where it is new to the car, they they refer to it as the driver, new to the driver, then the engineers fall back on trying to program uh, through and around it to come up with their solution to it. But what we're presenting to them is how it impacts fire operations, how it impacts first responders, and how it impacts safety generally, and giving our perspective, our point of view, and the things that need to be changed for it. Uh, But the difference between the, the driver, the computer driver and the human is that a human can take in all of that input and has the experience and and the relevant background to to make more informed decisions generally you know despite the number of miles driven etc
6: what is the reaction if any of the business people for whom these engineers work
7: again I characterizing other people's mindsets I'm not a lawyer but I, I imagine that's not really acceptable um, but they they are entrusting um, their business plan to this technology and they rely on their engineers to solve problems that are presented to them. So when we bring um, a new understanding of the problem, it, it I believe that they are entrusting their engineers with a solution, right? That they expect them to go solve for, the inability to avoid driving into fire scenes, to uh, come up with a way to make their vehicles yield to emergency vehicles, um, and we work with them to create systems where they won't impact operations.
5: Let, let me speak to that just a little bit, if I may, uh, Commissioner Collins. So I think that, and correct me if I'm wrong, Chief Lutrip, I think we have a good working relationship now with... With um, the engineering folks, and in terms of meeting every two weeks and and sort of learning stuff, but in terms of the higher ups, I would say that their um, entire sort of um, PR—you said it, um, Riva—they're sort of um, you know they have a giant PR machine, and um, it's always deflecting and um, not really taking um responsibility for stuff and um I mean you can yeah, so that that's been my experience with them. Um that uh, they don't really take responsibility for things and just deflect and deflect and deflect. So and I think that I mean I also think that um yeah, they're they're kind of financially in trouble right now too. So um uh, you know. That may, may cause folks to do things a little differently. But that, that's always been my challenge with them, not owning anything.
6: Well, as I'm not telling you anything you don't know. But when companies over-rely on engineering solutions and overlook business and humane solutions, this is what happens, right, because engineers are trained to think there are engineering solutions to all problems, which we all know there are not. So, I mean, bravo, I assume you played a big role in getting the permit revoked for Cruz, because it is a PR disaster. And I would say, we have to keep appealing to the people for whom the engineers work. And if that means, you know, puncturing the PR machine, that's what that means. Because these are not engineering issues. Not really. And I think that we join with other organizations around the country in asking these questions about the safety of autonomous vehicles. This is not a San Francisco issue. This is a domestic, maybe even a worldwide issue in which we're playing an important part because we're offering real evidence of the problems.
7: And to speak to that, we we have been building those relationships with other cities where autonomous vehicles are operating and where they're encountering the same problems and sharing the solutions that we've arrived at. Um, Most of them suffer the same problem with regulatory framework and don't have control in their municipality or their county or city over the operations. Um, but lessons are being learned here that at least can be transferred to other cities.
6: Well, and the not-for-profit watchdogs that are nationally based are very interested in this issue, which I think you know. So bravo. I'm sure you did a lot to you know, get crews halted and get their attention. And I hope you just keep at it.
7: Well, we're going to remain engaged, yeah.
6: Oh, Chief, excuse me.
8: Chief Fletcher. before you leave the podium, um, thank you for your report. I, I loved your phrase, cultural disconnect. I think that, that summarizes it perfectly. I just had a quick question. Uh, everybody talks about Cruz and Waymo, but there's a third company that I see in my neighborhood all the time, Zooks, Z-O-O-X, and I just wondered if they're at the table um, because they come out of their barn down at 15th street on Harrison every morning. And I see them a lot. Are they in these discussions at all?
7: So Zooks, um, is operating under a different licensure. They are, they are testing with a safety driver. So they are not autonomous in the city yet at all. Um, but they have come to us early. So they engaged in conversation. Um, they're willing to provide training and they're in the same as, as, we've come with solutions for Waymo and with Cruise Zooks is very interested in uh, you know adopting the same standards that we're that we're building
8: and and finally i just want to op- uh, offer an appreciation for all of you who are having who've taken on another huge job that you didn't sign up for or budget time for as far as dealing with the companies the engineers and the problems they're causing to our citizens. So thank you for that. I appreciate it as a commissioner and as a citizen. So thanks.
2: Thank you, uh, Commissioner Collins. Commissioner Frazier, Commissioner Feinstein, please. Chief, you want to stick what, around, please. What,
9: oh, sorry,
2: um, sorry I Commissioner.
1: Want to echo what, uh, fellow commissioners have 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 said, and you know, it's it. This is another task to undertake. Um, and it's complicated and dangerous. Um, I guess my question is really a simple one. How could this have, have been prevented? How could it have been prevented? From what I I only know what I've read in the newspaper, so.
7: And I have to rely on, um, (laughs) The experts in the field that I've, that we've been working with, with, uh, with the MTA and with CTA and other people who are transit engineers and people who have been engaged with this a lot longer than we have, who told the regulatory agencies, the PUC and the DMV, that the way they were going about it would end with the results we're seeing in the street, and so what they recommended would have been a much slower process, a more measured process, and one that had far more mandated reporting from the companies back to the regulatory agencies that um the the sharing of information wouldn't have purely been voluntary it would have been a mandatory reporting process Um, it it is kind of eye-opening that the the reason or one of the reasons besides the fact that my chief is very well spoken and and um, passionate about public safety in the city of San Francisco, but another reason that we find ourselves in this position is because the San Francisco Fire Department is one of the few places that is aggregating and collecting information about interaction with autonomous vehicles so the the AV incident report that was instituted by the chief and my antecedent um, because we we're seeing so many of these incidents is one of the few places where they're capturing time, date um incident data that that is associated with these vehicles. Otherwise everything is social media reports, anecdotal reports. Um so the 87 events that we have recorded to now um, put us kind of front and center in this conversation. Um, it's yeah, and, it's eye-opening.
1: And, and and may I just ask if you know how is the woman that was double hit in this incident?
7: It looks like the chief's uh, leaving. I believe
5: she's, she's still hospitalized.
1: So she was fairly severely injured. She was
5: severely injured, yes.
1: Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Chief. My pleasure.
2: Thank you, Chief. Hold on. Let me get the Vice President. We'll go back to Comm- Commissioner Collins.
6: Quickly, is the data that you've um, aggregated, data that you're willing to share yeah, so Outside of, I don't know. How willing are you to share that data? That's what I should say.
7: We we create and capture this information, and it is a form that is available through a information request. So it's been available to the media. We get frequent, kind of too frequent, media Great. requests for it. Um, we we have been trying to use uh, the MTA as more of an aggregating body. So we send our reports to them weekly also. um, And they are in direct contacts with the companies. Um, We had a meeting this week, or I'm sorry, last week, with the Department of Motor Vehicles about setting up a system where we can share information with them. But yeah, this is freely available. Great.
2: Thank you. No worries. All right. Thank you very much. Commissioners. Let me get Vice President Morgan.
4: Well I, well, I was just going to on uh, the uh, Chief But I just want to thank you for, you know, the time. I, n- none of it's working, but my, my voice carries. I got a loud voice anyway. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but yeah, I just want to say thanks. you, uh, you know, for the time you're spending uh, dealing with the autonomous vehicle uh, industry and uh, looking out for the citizens of San Francisco's best interests as far as safety, you know, and, you know, and I, you know, I have kind of a dual interest in this because of uh, labor, because once they perfect their little crafts or whatever, uh, it's gonna put a lot of people out of work and they're just gonna move right on down the line, you know? So we really appreciate you guys looking out for, uh, you know, the citizens' safety uh, first and foremost and uh, and me as a labor fan you know I'm kind of rooting for you guys you know and uh, you know and I'm you know and I applaud uh DMV for you know holding them accountable you know uh, they you know DMV they finally did, <laughs> <laughs> finally did something productive no I, I had to get that out but uh no that was good and it was great timing you know with this big uh, apex convention coming. And that's all we need is a few of them to just take a dump in front of a fire truck. You know what I mean? And and God knows what else, you know, might happen. So just wanted to applaud you guys for the work you're doing and keeping them on. Thank you, chief. Thank you
2: very much. Uh, Vice president Morgan. Stick around a little bit chief until I can ask chief Nicholson if there's anything else she wants to say on this issue. All right. The only other question I have is, uh, how long is the duration of this permit being suspended, is the term, or what is the term from DMV?
5: That I don't know. Is it until further so, notice? Yeah, basically? it was presented UFN? as
7: indefinite, and uh, I don't know that we understand the terms of them resuming their license yet. So was okay, part w- of the conversation tomorrow, I imagine.
2: I think this commission would be very interested in terms of duration, conditions. Because somewhere along the line, the question I'm going to ask is, how long is this going to last? And the other question is, what what is Cruz doing? I'm sure they're doing something. And I just want to make sure and I know we'll be in there, Chief, to be at that table when this all goes down. Anything else, Chief? Thank you very much, Chief. All Thank you. Madam Secretary. Me. Can we Hold just
8: on. comment on the Chief's report?
2: Please
5: do.
8: Overall. Thank you, Chief, for your report. It's amazing how much happens in a month. Appreciate it. And I just do want to say that the uh, AFA banquet was terrific. The speech is in- incredible. And the food was amazing. So I was so glad to be there. Proud to be there. Thank you.
2: Right. Thank you, commissioners. Uh, commissioners, again, uh, is there any questions or comments for the Chief before we move? all right thank you very much i had one okay please vice president morgan
4: i don't know uh, for the you know i was thinking about the chief uh, thanks for your report and uh i was thinking about the, the apex convention are there going to be any kind of special scheduling or mandatory overtime for the crews the staffs and the different uh the uh, firehouses that, that you want to share with us, or, or are you able to share with that?
5: So yeah, we have asked people them. to uh, sign up for overtime shifts um, in different uh, uh, places, doing different things. Uh, fire watch at the Fairmont Hotel, uh, ambulances um, in the uh, within the footprint, um, and and all sorts of other stuff. So there have been, and Chief Artisarris Brown has been. Uh, coordinating uh that as has uh, uh chief sandy tong um, been coordinating getting folks to um, to sign up for that over time uh because we also have to staff um, several different uh operation centers one with the secret service you know one at the dem one with the police our own so there's there's it's a heavy lift um, but uh you know we're we're putting um, everything we have to in it and a while back, I don't remember when it was, um, we also um, basically uh, cut off that week for any, any more vacation or uh, days off. Um, obviously, people can always call in sick in May, but um, we didn't want to, uh, to uh, be short in any way, shape, or form because this is such uh, an enormous... Um, World stage event, and uh, we want to make sure that we're we're good to go.
4: Thank you, Chief.
2: All right, thank you very much. Uh, let's get CD three up here, Chief Kalua.
10: Good evening, President Nacasio, Vice President Morgan, Commissioners Feinstein, Fraser, Collins, Chief Nicholson, Maureen, Command Staff. I am Shane Cayaloa, Deputy Chief of Administration, and this is my report for September 2023. Uh, We begin with Homeland Security under the direction of Assistant Deputy Chief Erica Articeros-Brown. I will piggyback on what the chief was speaking of. It's not not this month's report, but the workload that Chief Erica Articeros-Brown and her team are doing. What do we have? Oh, presentation, SFGov, SF please. But I'll continue, Chief Eric Articeros-Brown is extremely busy with so many of the events that are happening throughout San Francisco, including our only our home events, uh, but many, many others, including Fleet Week, APEC is obviously an enormous event, and so I just wanna give kudos to Chief Articeros-Brown and her team, and they'll, I'm sure there's gonna be another one after APEC, and we'll be able to <laughs> depict all of the things that have been happening in Homeland Security. But under Homeland Security, Chief Art Service Brennan and her team continue the work in APEC as the chief discussed, also the UASI initiatives, building out our drone program, and updating our disaster manual on top of so much more that's more in depth in your report. During the month of September, she also coordinated with many agencies, including the Governor's Office of Emergency Services, the United States Coast Guard, multiple fire agencies, the Water Transportation Authority, and many, many more to deliver this training throughout this week. It takes an an incredible amount of uh, coordination with operations, with the field chiefs to have our personnel at these trainings. Um, This year's training was regarding maritime mass casualty events, mass rescue events, responding to improvised explosive devices, and weapons of mass destruction. Moving on to the Department of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion under the direction of Assistant Deputy Chief Sean Buford. Among all the work that Sean and his team are doing within that unit, this month they performed and conducted 170 H2 interviews along with Chief Nicholson, Assistant Deputy Chief Mao, Chief uh, Battalion Chief, and I was able to jump in on the action uh, for three days. But that is an enormous effort on top of all the work that the DIO office is doing. The DIO office also met with the MSA and the EMS division and ISB cl- to discuss the EMT requirement uh, as coming in as an H2 Suppression Academy or candidate. Currently, we require the California EMT license. To create efficiencies and streamline and work collectively with our partners at the EMSA, we are looking at moving to the National Registry EMT, also known as NREMT. The reason for that is, as we move to F- FCTC, or the Firefighter Candidate Testing Center, for our h two promotionals, they require NREMT. That would align us with FCTC, It would also reduce the workload on the EMSA as thousands of people put in to work for the San Francisco Fire Department, some or many who don't live in San Francisco or California who then apply for a California EMT. So this will reduce that workload on the EMSA, align us with the FCTC. Below that, what we're saying here is in regards to the job announcement, we'll work with DHR diversity team and our DHR to ensure that the language and the job announcement is clear and concise in what is coming up as we move to FCTC. In this slide, this is Lieutenant Hashim Anderson along with Chief Nicholson at the Richmond District Auto, I mean Auto, <laughs> Autumn Moon Festival, the seventh year of the Auto Moon Festival, special invite by Supervisor Chan also with our core team, our CCSF partners, and many of our members in EMS and suppression to deliver prevention materials to the community and to educate the community on how to work for the San Francisco Fire Department in emergency medical uh, services and in suppression. Lieutenant Anderson also attended and participated in the Fire Dynamics Workshop with the Exploratorium for 30 science educators that took place at Treasure Island Training Facility. This was a discussion on how to better educate students in fire behavior. This is not Lieutenant Anderson's first time. Lieutenant (laughs) Anderson is very good at this. I've seen it in play. He's taught it at the academy many times. What Fire Dynamics discusses is the different phases of fire, the effects of air in the structure during fires, how fire behaves in different circumstances and so you see some of that in the picture on the left that's called what we would call (laughs) what we would call a dollhouse and what we do is after we have that in classroom discussion Lieutenant Anderson goes through some of the exercises there to show individuals how certain materials ignite and burn how hot they burn how long they burn They moved to the dollhouse to now talk about the phases of fire that were discussed in the classroom, how fire behaves in ventilation to discuss things like if there's a fire in your home and you leave your door open and how that affects the fire, how we affect the fire by ventilation, how water affects the fire in certain instances. Um, It's a great program and one that Lieutenant Anderson is fantastic at. Uh, I don't wanna leave the Division of Training out because they were present and assisted in in delivering this information. Also, in the month of September, our Mission High Fire and EMS Pathway Program was at the Division of Training 19th Folsom, receiving information emergency medical services and in the fire suppression, as you see in those pictures there. That young youngin' on the right looks very happy. So it must have <laughs> been a good day. <laughs> Under Health and Safety Battalion Chief Matt Alba, uh, Matt Alba and his team, are very busy like all other sections, but he continues his work with the Cancer Champions this month, delivering the screening and early detection and prevention in the firehouses through our Cancer uh, Champions. That is another partnership with um, DTECT Together. Also, Chief Alba is working with the Thor's Foundation who delivers our facility dogs. We are tentatively looking at December and January for our new dog, Trooper. (laughs) An announcement was made through the department email. We did receive good engagement there and interviews are to follow. Chief Alba also participated in the Wildland WUI Respiratory Working Group. Now, WUI stands for Wildland Urban Interface. This group is a partnership with Cal OSHA, LA County Fire Department, Cal Fire, and the United States Forest Service. What the fire service has learned over time and how the wildland fire behavior, behaviors, how the wildland fire is moving, not only in the wildland aspect, but into the urban areas, as you saw in Santa Rosa, in Paradise, and what is actually burning now in those types of conflagrations how it affects the health of our members, and how can this group protect the members' health. And so they, are, they have five vendors, they are looking at breathing apparatus that you see in these pictures, and to do studies on how this affects the work, how is heat stress, but still how can we better protect. And So as that moves forward, I'll brief you in the following months. Under the BHU, Captain Heather Buren utilized the VR relief list. And I bring that up as what VR means is vacation relief. These are individuals that are in the field who are interested in the BHU but are not in the BHU unit but trained in behavioral health. This develops depth into that program and allows uh, for our BHU units to take vacation, go to classes, and sometimes have sick days. So it's nice to be able to utilize those folks and build depth into that program. The BHU also in the month of September held the coffee with the BHU in battalions two, three, and four. This is, these are held at local coffee shops. One to build relationships with our community, to support our local businesses, to move into a, um, a safe location outside of the firehouse, to discuss the behavioral health unit, to discuss the data that uh, the unit is seeing, to provide the resources and have our members understand what the behavioral health unit does and how they can support all of our members. The unit also continues their work in building out the peer support program. These are our folks in the field, our peer support, who can support the BHU and respond to incidents and provide that that peer at that level support. In the month of September, the BHU had 111 contacts. In those contacts by a work group suppression heavily represented obviously because of the number of the folks in our department as well as EMS, and followed by um, community and administration, and also our retired employees stress by factor was general stress, career concerns, education, family, and marital problems. That is very important to us, that we continue to develop the data, to look at the data, to build initiatives and in how we can better serve our folks. In the Environmental Occupational Health and Safety under Tony Boone, Tony not, he didn't attend our monthly training or, or health and safety meeting, he is in the health and safety committee and did attend this month where Tony brings his wealth of knowledge and data from the department to have our committees develop initiatives to better serve our folks. During COVID, it was very difficult. We have mass fit testing, both in our SCBAs and our N95 masks. During COVID, we were unable to do that for obvious reasons. That program has been picked up by Tony. He has trained other personnel to assist along with a division of training and is performing fit testing throughout the department. He recently performed the 132nd Academy and continues to train more members to assist. He also conducted forklift training at Station 49 and ergonomics evaluations for the BHE. Under the Office of Employee Health with Dr. Brokaw and Nurse Practitioner Stephanie Phelps, the unit performed 18 promotional exams, 58 return to work and modified duty exams. During the month of September, we had 43-3807 injury reports. This is our injury reporting system. A 3807 is a report filled out by the individual regarding their injury. There is no medical eval. It is a reporting system. And we encourage our folks to do this. Uh, In past, I don't know, years ago, we would be hesitant to uh, maybe I, I twisted my ankle, and I wouldn't report it, and then days later, maybe weeks later there's an issue. and so we just want folks to be able to report that so that we can protect the members if this actually turns into something else. 51, 50/20 50, reports. this report is when you're going to be seen by a physician. And the top three of those 5020s was COVID-23, back, four, and stress three. Uh the unit also administered flu shots at the open enrollment health benefits at the division of training. Under the investigative services, under Captain Todd Weddle, Captain Weddell con- continues our um a random drug testing, our conditional offer and promotional and probation training. He provided testing supplies, our breathalyzer, and or I'm sorry, for the Office of Employee Health. The new background packet for the 133rd was sent out. They are beginning to process those members. That packet uh, has greatly increased our efficiency in that unit where that packet can then be filled out prior. There's very clear (laughs) instructions on what to bring. And so when the folks come in for those appointments or intake appointments, it's very identifiable where there are deficiencies. And we're able to, instead of spending A ton of time with the individual. We know right away, and it's taking about 15 to 20 minutes per person. Of course, Chief or Chief Captain Whittle continues his uh, training, and then this month he took heat emergencies class, which is actually a really good class. But all right, support services under the Assistant Deputy Chief Mike Mullen. This report, like many others, does not depict all the work that's going on in support services. A lot of that information is in your packet. But in that unit, the 165 requests for service were initiated, 118 orders were completed, and 150 sets of turnouts were uh, purchased for... The next two PX classes or probationary classes. Uh, I want to thank Chief Mullen and the Clothing Depot. That is a heavy lift amongst all of the other uh, duties that they perform, especially with the uh, supply chain issues and uh, our uh, ability to receive those turnouts in time. The, we have four new mini pumpers, two of them, mini pumper 25 and 44, awaiting final radio programming and shore power install these mini pumpers or type 4s and type 6s respond to our brush and grass fires they give us nimble capability uh, tank water an ability to deploy hoses very quickly and uh, most notably to be able to pump and roll so our type uh, one engines are unable to do this it's not what it's built for pump and roll capabilities give us an ability to have someone at the front of that fire engine that you see in that picture on a hose line, another one in the rear in a quick moving grass fire and be able to uh, perform mobile attack. So be able to use that apparatus, continue to move and put out fire along the way. Under our earthquake safety and emergency response or Easter, Assistant Deputy Chief Gareth Miller continues a ton of work, more than you see in this one slide, and two pictures uh, managing our ESER bonds, managing our projects and our focus scope work. Uh, And this month, Captain Ng, who works for Chief Miller, activated the security cameras at Fire Station 35. We have had a few instances where we've had people over that fence who've actually got into the fire boat and our intent is to harden that facility, to secure the facility. And this is one step in that. Also is the, uh, I have to thank Chief Miller and his team with, uh, for this generator maintenance program. This program was developed by his team. It is out to vendor to maintain every single one of our generators in our firehouses ensure that we are ready during an emergency if we lose power to these firehouses during an emergency. Our highlights but I think I highlighted it last time was we were at the Chinatown night event with the command staff president of the AFA Lee and the mayor. That concludes my report and I'd be happy to take any questions.
2: Thank you very much Chief Carlowell Let me do some public comment on this report of yours first.
0: There is nobody approaching the podium. And there's nobody on our public comment lane.
2: Public comment is closed on CD3's report. Commissioners, comments, questions for CD3 at this time? Commissioner Feinstein.
1: I'm not sure, Chief Kailoa, whether this is better directed to you or to Chief
2: Nicholson, but
1: um, it, it, it It distresses me that we have members that don't live in the state of California. Um, If there were a catastrophic event, which there could very easily be in this city, what's the plan to get them here? Or do they just get to stay home in whatever state they're living in and not respond?
10: It's, you want to take that? She would like me to take that.
1: So, first of all,
5: I um, I'd be happy to. We can look at what those numbers are in terms of folks that, that don't live here, um, and get that to you. We do have an entire uh, recall plan for um, uh, when we do um, uh, need to get people back here for a um, in a disaster. Um, I don't. Uh, I don't know if you have more of the particulars than I do, Shane, um, but when we uh, get more information on the numbers, first of all, for mm-hmm. you, okay? Much appreciated.
10: Yeah. There okay. is a recall plan. It is, exercise like the chief just stated, uh, every single year you do have 24 hours to return to work. Um, how, but I think better hours, knowing I'm sorry. 24. 24? 24. 24. Have
1: 24 hours to return to work. That's right. Okay. A lot can happen in 24 hours. Okay. Thank you. And thank you, Chief. In- and your division is very busy. So I really commend you on uh, all the things that uh, you're tackling. Um, it's really a very illuminating report.
10: So mm-hmm. Thank you i appreciate that it's not i and it's all the folks right here that are killing it um i I just want to comment just a little bit further on the living outside of california and maybe i sparked that in my uh uh emt discussion whether it's california emt or n-r-e-m-t it's not to say that everybody lives out of california it is to say that those who are applying are not all from california and so just, just to clarify, All right. folks I are applying that. from out of California and it's creating um, a workload on the system. So we want to streamline
1: that. that.
2: Okay. Excuse me. I'm sorry. Before you conclude, I have on the agenda a report from Captain Ned Chu yes. of the assignment office. So if that's part of your report, I'd like to have that now it and is. then I'll go back to the commissioner since then Captain Chu would be finished with his update the report. Yep. Can we do it that, is. Chief? Uh, yeah. please, please, Captain Chu. As you come up to the podium again, our commissioners our colleagues during this whole term, I brought up and asked various members of our department that we traditionally see in these reports as names. And like Anthony Boone, rarely do we see them. Right. And Captain uh, Captain Chu is one of these very involved members uh, of a very important unit. And beyond what's on paper, I thought it'd be great. Uh, before we conclude this year's calendar year to have captain Chu give us an update on the assignment office so with that
9: captain um thank you for inviting me here today thank you commissioners good evening uh, my name's i'm captain edward chu um, i'm in charge of the bureau of, of personnel uh, where i also call it assignment office i've been in the department almost 30 years uh, i graduate the 89th class which another person sitting in this room that is the 89th class. <laughs> uh, I spent most of my career at Battalion 10. i lived in the city since I was 1970, and I still live in the city. So it's been, I've been in the city for over half a century, and I've been in the department more than half my life. <laughs> so let's say that. So for the assignment office, according to the rules of regs, the Bureau uh, Personnel is under Article 2517 to 2520, I report directly to the Division of Management Services, but we don't have one, so currently, I report directly to Deputy Chief Operations, or administration, excuse me, administration. I have a staff of six personnel, one uniform, five civilians. Uh, We work 365 days a year. Uh, Monday through Friday, 0600 to 1600 hours. Uh, Weekends and holidays, 0600 to 1200 hours. Uh, Basically, we answer calls. We receive hundreds of phone calls and emails dailies from members of, within the department, going off SP, volunteer for overtime, managing mandatory lists. Um, we also take care of OES deployments. Basically everything on the computer, with HRMS with not our own system, we take care of. Um, and we uh, enter all the information for the, for the city or for the fire department. Uh, let's see. Other, other things we do is we, um, I report all the, all the people that report to phone calls from all fire suppression, the airport, arson, station 49, every department within our fire department I, I deal with. So my main responsibility for my job, I have to take care of the annual seniority list, which is we did the last year, I mean last month. Uh, we do the vacancy, vacancy meaning that where people bid for stations that they get assignment to. Uh, we do the vacations and vacations right now is on process. We just closed the first round, open the second round coming up. Uh, I signed, I basically, I managed to assign TMDs, temporary modified duties. When we mentioned about light duty people, um, I try to assign them places where they could be most effective to help the department, uh, partial DPs, we take care of their scheduling. So basically scheduling for the department, um, Assignment of vacation relief personnel, so anybody with the own spot, i got to assign them to balance the city out, so we have sort of like equal numbers throughout each day, so it won't impact too many people for overt- for mandatory overtime. I uh, also work for payroll, with payroll and HR in that very period. payroll. We manage all the overtime throughout the department, goes through my office, and we get approval, we put it in. Okay. With that said, i like to and I work with every, basically every department head within the fire department, um, individually. Okay. So I wanted to say, um, in, in hindsight, I cannot effectively do my job without the assistance of my staff, their professional crew, uh, some of the best people I've worked with the, the five civilians and the uniform personnel. Uh, their knowledge of department policies and rules helped run the department running smoothly. They're, they're, they've been doing that for quite a bit of while, quite a bit of time. We have one person, she's been with us for over 15 years, over 16 years, assignment office. So she knows our policies around. We, we get many phone calls. They're almost like the 411 of the fire department. They call us for everything. Um, so, and they're hardworking, dedicated, great work ethics. And we we'll say thank you for inviting me here and open up, open up to any questions.
2: Thank you very much, Captain. We're gonna ask uh, for some questions and comments Chief, did you want to say anything at this time?
5: I'd love to say Please. something about my 89th <laughs> class mate. Please do. Ed Chu. Ed has been uh, a huge value to this department. Um, he uh, volunteers to do stuff all the time, whether it's work overtime in the field or take on the assignment office, which is, as you can hear, no joke. Um, and it's what makes this uh, department <laughs> run every day, making sure we have um, bodies in seats. And uh, it is no small task what what he does and how he does it. And um, never complains, at least not to me. Um, <laughs> but uh, he's just super hard worker and uh, I really, really uh, appreciate you, Ed, really
2: do. Thank you, Chief. Thank you very much, Chief Nicholson. And uh, comments, questions, Commissioner Frazier?
8: Yes, thank you, Captain Chu. Uh, really, I, Is that correct? Yes. It's Captain Chu, yes. yes. Thank you so much. That is, I. This is one of the things I wondered about but didn't know who to ask <laughs> about how things work. And you really helped me learn a little bit more about this, how this department works, which is what I need to know. And I was just thinking about how to map your brain when you're working the way you work with all these different people and departments and responsibilities and job descriptions and places and times. It's amazing. I hope yeah. you're sleeping really well at night, but thank you so much <laughs> for your presentation.
2: Thank you very much, Commissioner Frazier. Any qu- comments, questions? I have a few, but Vice President yeah, Morgan?
4: Yeah, I just want to say, yeah, I, it was nice meeting you tonight. I might have met you before, and I apologize. You. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, it's good to see you. Thank you for your report tonight. And, uh, and thank you for making the command staff jobs a lot easier. Thank you. Great report. Thank you. Thank
2: you, thank you very much. Um, Captain Chu, how long have you been with the assignment office?
9: Oh, well, for, I worked on and off a few, probably about 15 years ago. And in the last two and a half years I've been in. Uh, basically, officer in charge of the assignment office.
2: Okay, you said on and off for 15 years. Is that what well, you said? Well, yes.
9: I've been work. I worked. Um, uh, basically, I was reassigned there for three, four months at a time. There was people were off for maternity leave, and I filled in the spot for them. I uh, okay, reassigned it so uh, basically three times for okay. different people.
2: You've been to assignment office three times.
9: Previously, yes. Previously, and, and then, now you're full time for the last two and a half years. FOR The last how many? The two and a half years I've been there okay. full time.
2: Okay, and how many members do you deal with
9: on a daily basis? Members,
2: members. <laughs> I mean, I know um, the department is fifteen hundred
9: civilian I, I, uniform. Well, everybody, anybody goes off sick time, call calls sick, call sick, goes to the assignment office. It depend, doesn't matter which department they, they call us. Um, it, we we establish an overtime list, a mandatory list. We get volunteers. We actually, not, I wouldn't say me, but we and my crew, my staff, uh, we, we de- deal with inboxes. It, pretty much, there's a lot of stuff we do there. Um, anybody put in waivers, just questions. Um, assignment changes so they wanna move. There's a lot of uh, jury duty policies that, that come through us. Uh, we, uh, all the overtime that's requested through different departments. Once it gets approved by deputy chief, um, either deputy chief or Loa, then i put it in i enter all the overtime for basically non-suppression overtime i enter all that in it okay
2: so again as a commissioner we sit here and look at the reports and we hear about trades and off and mandatory and wdos and yep. assignments and sign-up sheets and vacation and christmas and new year's but de- basically, your office deals with that, is that correct? Yes,
9: so, yes, the holiday, overtime, and all this stuff, the pre- stuff. Let's say I got a pretty good memory, and most, what, uh, half, pretty much all the officers who in the field, I know where they're at. Okay. And previous uh, name, to that, go ahead. You give me a name, I'll tell you where, what station they're at. No, I, I, don't, need, I, I don't need that. I, I, I believe you, Chief, <laughs> Captain,
2: I believe you. So, before you did assignment OFFICES, you were a regular uh, member of yeah, a, a battalion,
9: house. battalion 10. Most, battalion 10 is out in THE Bayview. I, I spent most of my career there, probably over 20 years. So
2: and you own that 10. spot at Battalion 10? Yes, I do. Okay, so some people don't understand what it means by owning uh, a spot.
9: Well, I was a member of Station 9. as, as I, was, I was a member as a firefighter at Station 17 for seven years, as a lieutenant at Station 9 for about 10 years, as uh, 42 swing for one year. And then as captain of Station 9 for several years also. Okay. Station, it's out in the Bayview.
2: Again, um, I know you have 30 years in. Almost, it, yeah. So, again, I just wanted to make sure that this commission uh, is able to hear your expertise and to be able to thank you yeah. uh, um, for your hard work. I'm just going to say it. Back in the day when I first came on, uh, I didn't know anybody wanted to go to the Simon office. Yeah.
9: Yeah, no, <laughs> I'm, no just, I'm just telling you, this is, is down
2: in the old days yeah. on Jones Street. Um, I don't know how much that's changed, just like um, emergency communication has changed.
9: It's changed a great deal. Yeah, it, well, that, it used to be all uniform personnel. Now we hire civilians.
2: Yeah. And that's place. just like at EMS, it uh, used to be all uniform. And now there's civilians running the boards. But that, that that's all history. And I just wanted to say how tough your job is, is but how much this uh, commission and ourselves appreciate that. And you're also dealing with proposition F as the mandatory staffing pattern, of course. Then again? Uh, we're, we're under the mandate of Prop F?
9: Yes, we, we have the minimum staffing. Um, it, was, it was my responsibility to know the numbers, how many were short every day and the staffing. If, if we don't have enough volunteers all the time, we have minimum staffing of 313, what to basically fill every day. Um, if we don't have enough, we set up mandatory lists, and there's, so we, there's a policy that we do follow that. Most people do know, but not everybody knows. So if they don't know what our policy is, they always give us a call. So we get calls for basically everything okay. that happens. We get calls for, like I said, they call four hundred and eleven. They don't. They can't call the doctor's office. They call us. <laughs> they just. They, we deal with. Um, you deal with everything under yes, the sun. Yes. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm.
2: Much appreciation, Captain. Thank, Thank you very much.
9: Uh,
2: do a heck of a job. Thank you.
9: Thank you. Appreciate it.
2: Okay. Madam Secretary. You're good. Thank you. Good, Ed. Yeah. Uh, Chief, just to finish off, and the commissioners will ask you, Chief. Commissioners, any other questions for <laughs> Chief Kalua? I just wanted you to know that um, I wanted to ask you who put your slide to, uh, slides together.
10: I'm sorry, I couldn't hear you, President.
2: I said, who put your slides together for your presentation?
10: Oh, uh, Teresa Reckner puts it together, and then I play with it.
2: Yeah, I, I, I point that out because it, it's, it's improved and it's gotten better. Not, in that, not that your presentations weren't,
10: Jeez. but as the... Public Division did, of Training taught me a lot. Uh, excuse me? <laughs> Division of Training taught me a lot.
2: Well, that's, that's good because uh, the package that we get is not necessarily what you show, but what you show today with the work is very concise. No, thank you. And it's very, very impressive, so I just wanted to say that. I also wanted to say that I picked up, and I like your contact <coughs> spreadsheets, like 111 contacts for uh, captain bruin that's real important that shows me significance in terms of uh, but i just wanted to uh, mark on that as well special services uh, chief mullins it's the first time uh, in terms of that report that i always look at the page of uh, the training center and i think this is the first time correct me if i'm wrong page 43 chief Uh, usually when it comes to scheduling start of construction or estimated completion is usually to be scheduled or to be announced. I noticed that this is the first time that I've seen estimate start of construction fall 2025. Uh, That makes me excited and my heart beats a little bit faster (laughs) in terms of that, but also very exciting is I see an estimated uh, substantial completion date of fall 2028, Chief Nicholson. And that really makes me excited uh, beyond the picture that's there. So, Chief Mullins, uh, it's exciting. Thank you very much, Chief.
10: Yeah, no, thank you. And if, if I could just take one quick moment sure. to gloat on Captain Chu, who's a senior member of this fire department, a tenured okay. captain in the assignment office 15, 16 years. No one knows the numbers like Captain Chu. Nobody. <laughs> he balances this city every single day. And it's not just moving bodies, it's looking at the different ranks. We have folks moving out of rank from firefighter to lieutenant, lieutenant to captain, captain to battalion chief, battalion chief to assistant chief. It's an enormous job that he and his team does every single day. When he talks about phone calls, it's <laughs> hundreds probably a day. When we mm-hmm. talk about the bid process, we're talking about bidding open spots in every single one of our ranks, every one of them. And the coordination that it takes the meticulous eye that it takes the coordination with our IT team that it takes is bar none the best the vacation process in every single one of our ranks every single year moving bodies and coordinating not only the suppression side the ms side the airport side is enormous one thing that wasn't mentioned captain chu moves 100 to 150 of our probationaries throughout the year to balance the city to ensure that we have full staffing every single day. Beyond that, Cap and his team are advanced planning. So when we speak of APEC, looking ahead, what do our numbers look like? What contingencies do we need to build to ensure that we're going to be fully staffed and even overstaffed so that we can perform during that week? but he does that all year round. So I just wanted to say that, and I can't thank the captain enough.
2: Thank you, thank you very much. And thank you for those comments about Captain Chu. Thank you very much for your report. Thank you for your patience, um, Chief Tong, CD4. Uh, I know we're an hour, 15 minutes into it. And again, congratulate to you and Chief Kaloha on your recent recognition, but please proceed.
11: Thank you. Uh, good evening, President Acacio, Vice President Morgan, Commissioners Feinstein, Frazier, and Collins, Chief Maureen, Command uh, Staff, uh, Sandy Tong, Deputy Chief of EMS and Community Paramedicine. It's my report for September. Uh, so, in the EMS division, oh, let me start this. Uh, with the EMS division, Chief Tangrelini, uh, we averaged about 370 calls this month, uh, or the last month in September. Um, this is. Pretty much a little bit. It's, it's, we're on track. It's um, risen, risen about three point four percent over the last month of August. Um, so, you know, last month I believe we had one day that was over four hundred calls. This month, two um, days that are over four hundred. So I'm not sure if this is you know starting to be a trend um, that the call volume is starting to creep up. Um, so we'll, we'll see. We'll continue to track that. Um, our market share this month, um, or the last month, was about 78. percent Also similar to the month previous, we have only one time gotten to the 80% that we want to get to. Um, so that we continue to strive for that, it's um, you know it's a balance of call volume, numbers of units in this in this uh, system, how many of our units are staffed. Um, but we're we're you know we're getting there, but we're just not quite there yet. Um, on September 8th, we uh, we had four of our new H3 level two paramedics graduate from the academy. Um, they are all working now. Um, we also had an additional six EMTs that advanced to paramedic, and so we now have an additional six EMTs, now paramedics, um, working for us as well. Um, one of the notes regarding, um, you know, when we have more paramedics, it does give us a little bit more flexibility when we're staffing. It allows us to, you know, pair up a paramedic with an EMT or a paramedic with a paramedic. And so Um, It's a a balance of us trying to ensure that we have enough paramedics in the system, uh, but then also EMT partners that can work with them. So we like having um, these bump-up academies, which bring people who are going to paramedic school into um, the paramedic division and to paramedic rank with us. Um, So that just is all a good thing for the department and is good for um, the citizens. And then on uh, September 25th, we started our 24th H3 Level 1 EMT class, um, and we are hoping um, that at least um, we'll have at least 12 folks, 13 folks um, graduate um, and hit the streets um, Thanksgiving weekend. So they're going to be um, getting a good taste of what it is to uh, work holidays and, and all of that. <laughs> um, and then in this next one, um, the EMS Division activities. Uh, we, as i we've mentioned before, we are now bringing back in-service training. and in-service training for our ALS providers is really a good thing. It provides them an opportunity to get together with um, other paramedics to be um, given instruction and you know, really in-person training on updated protocols, policies, um, review of new um, old skills, um, introduce introduction of new skills, um, all of the things that, You know, we've been trying to do with a Target Solutions, um, you know, online training, which just doesn't really give you the depth, doesn't allow for the conversation, it doesn't allow for the question and answers. And so having this um, back in our system, in-service training, where we bring in our paramedics from the um, ambulance, from community paramedicine, from the um, fire apparatus, to bring them back in um, and to be able to do this in person. So it's a four-hour class that we're trying to do quarterly? No. No. Twice a year, right? Twice a year. Twice a year. We'd like to do it quarterly, um, but right now we're we're just thankful that we're able to do it twice a year. This is in line with or in um, step with when the protocols and policies get reviewed and changed through the um, LEMSa, through the um, local emergency medical uh, services agency. And then also, I think you've seen a couple of the pictures of uh, Station 49 doing the uh, commemoration of September 11th, and. I just have been really, um, I I just really love the pictures that we um, were able to capture um, of our members standing at attention, reading off all of the names, um, and then having it led by our Section Chief of Operations, Kevin Choker. So it's a really, um, we plan for it, we um, take it very seriously, it's a very somber event, um, and it recognizes the EMS providers that also um, died during 9-11. Onto community paramedicine um, under Chief Simon Pang, um, our highlights. The big biggest highlight is on September the seventh, uh, the San Francisco Fire Department Community Paramedicine Division became the first provider in California to receive formal approval of um, our community paramedicine programs. This is a huge endeavor. Uh, there we've been operating under a pilot fa- pilot fa- phase um, of our programs, and so once um, there was. Uh, legislation, AB uh, 1544, that was introduced in 2020, I believe. Um, when that came into being, um, it then changed the regulations that allowed now for the local emergency medical services agencies to approve um, community paramedicine programs in um, in your jurisdiction. And so there was a lot of regulation, a lot of criteria, a lot of um, qualifications that we had to prepare for, to provide, to define in our um, own programs. And so we worked with our emergency medical services agency, um, Chief Pang, Dr. Gratterall, um, the EMSA. We really um, had to work together to try and bring this forward. All of this also had to be brought forward before the current pilot phase of the community paramedicine programs expired November 1st. So, just in the nick of time, uh, we were able to get that approval by um, the state to be able to now officially uh, have these community paramedicine programs. So, that includes our street teams, it includes um, the EMS 6 program. And so, it's just a, a huge accomplishment. So, I just wanted to make a big shout out to um, our community paramedicine division and the EMSA to help us um, bring this along. I feel like there should be something else I say about this, but um, it was just I don't think uh, you can imagine, sort of. Well, maybe some of you can imagine the amount of effort that went into all of the documentation that had to um, be completed and all the regulatory uh, requirements that we had to fulfill in order to do this. Um, So it's a it's a huge deal. Um, And then uh, also in September, we had um, another one of our community speaker series. Uh, This time we had the Department of Homelessness and Supportive Housing staff members, uh, Lisa Ratchewicz and Tiana Wortham and they shared with us a comprehensive view of the shelter and housing system. Always something that is um, important for all of us to understand um, so that we understand how we can access the shelter system, how we can get people into the much needed shelter, um, and what the processes are that they also have to deal with in order to get people um, housed. And then you also saw in your report uh, the um, uh, street response public uh, education campaign. Um, we had a couple of our members um, highlighted. Uh, if I don't know if any of you were able to click on, but Juan de Castro, uh, Ron, Juan Castro um, is highlighted in a new um, public um, education campaign that was um, in conjunction with, um, I believe, DEM and some other, and um, our peers and um, things. So in that uh, video, you'll be able to see a little bit more updated uh, picture of what our street response is. This month, uh, Chief Peng highlighted the EMS-6 program and gave you a little bit of background on um, what our program is. I do want to, um, when we talk about EMS-6, really bring um, forth um, Chief Tangerlini. Um, He is really the OG of community paramedicine. Um, He started the home team in 2004. Uh, when he was the lone guy going out there trying to address the um, repeated frequent callers that we had. I think almost all of us in the room, I'm sure, have called him at one time to respond to an incident where we've told him, you know, we've seen this person, you know, 15 times in the last week. Can you please help us? He was sort of the saving grace for all of us, somewhere where we could have some hope, where we could say to somebody, please help us figure out How to address the needs of this person without having to call 911, um, having to bring them to the hospital? How do we, you know, deal with this? So he really was the first one who could say, you know what? I got this. I have connections. I'm going to, you know, help get this person into shelter. I'm going to help get them into a treatment program. All of that was something that we were not able to do as 911 providers when our really our only option was to bring them to emergency room. So having him start this program, um, and I, I don't know that he gets the recognition that he really deserves. So I do want to just make you know just really shout out to him. Um, unfortunately, in the late 2000s, in 2009, it was demobilized. But then in 2016. Because of all of the um, issues that we had with staffing, uh, medics to follow calls that we had in the system, uh, Mayor Lee got together a working group um, and said, "You know what? I think you all need to reconsider this program because this is how we can help get some of those high utilizers off the street and um, do something else besides, you know, having a, a response to, uh, via 911." Um, so once we started that again. Uh, captains Paying and um, April Sloan, now our um, Assistant Deputy Chief and Section Chief, uh, were uh, selected to lead that program. They worked midnight um, to uh, noon to midnight, seven days a week, um, and have just helped make that program, that reiteration of that program, um, a huge success. Uh, just from, let's see, from 2016, January 2016 until now, uh EMS six program has documented three thirty-four thousand seven hundred and twenty-three encounters. That's mind blowing. Um they continue to just do that work. Um, and you know th- the street crisis team gets a lot of attention right now, um, but behind the scenes also is our EMS6, and they are also going out dealing with you know, folks that have the chronic issues that um, don't get addressed in the typical um, emergency system, and they make a lot of connections. They get people into the extended kinds of care, and they really provide a depth of relationship with many of these um, clients to be able to feel like somebody is taking care of them, somebody has their needs um, in mind and prioritized. And so um, they're they're an amazing uh, group of folks too. And then finally, um, just a little bit on our SCRT and um, SORT teams, we placed 31-51-50 holds in September. So that's about on par, about one a day. Um, And we also have gotten most of our community paramedics trained now. So, not only can our community paramedic captains do 5150s, all of our community paramedics are now also able to put uh, 5150 holds in. And with our uh, SORT team, they continue to try to um, get people into treatment Um, between our SORT team and our paramedics on the ambulance, um, we've been able to log about 40 suboxone um, administrations. So that's moving along as well. And that's my report.
2: Thank you very much, Chief Tong. Madam Secretary, public comment on Chief Tong's report?
0: There is nobody approaching the podium and nobody on our public comment line.
2: Public comment is closed. Commissioners, any questions, comments to Chief Tong? Please, commissioner. I was
8: due. Thank you so much Chief Tong. Um, what a great report and I was fortunate to go out with EMS 6 when I was a brand spanking new Commissioner and so I did see up close and personal from the get-go what, what they do and it was very heartening and impressive and as you know as you well know necessary. Um, I have one question about the activity summary. and, mm-hmm. and for, In your whole report, thank you so much. But I have one question about the activity summary, um, and that's going across the top. It's got uh, calls, total calls, EMS call, average minute, and transport average minute. Is that EMS average transport? Yes. Minute? Mm-hmm. So those are long. Yes. And is that
11: um, the calls that get transported, the total time of call, so it's oh, not the tr- okay. driving for 91 okay, minutes. Okay, so the that total. includes
8: the what's next to it, EMS call average and the transport call. It's all together.
11: Um, so EMS call average would also include calls that don't get transported. So some, yeah. somebody you know might um, decline transport, and so that's the average amount of time for all EMS calls, and then the transport time is for any uh, EMS call that results in a transport. The average amount of time.
8: Okay, so I'm thinking maybe, or my question is, the length of time in the average transport uh, time, which is you know 90 minutes, 98 minutes, 85 minutes, is that time that our members have to wait for attention when they're brought to hospital or emergency? It's um total
11: time, so
8: from the time that they're dispatched until the time that
11: they go um, back in service.
8: Okay, so that does include any time. So it could be some extended time, um, at, you know, waiting at the hospital yeah. too. Okay, great. That that helps me uh, understand these numbers. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. It was a great report. Really appreciate it. Thanks.
2: Thank you very much, uh, Vice President Morgan. You had a question. Uh,
4: yes. Uh, yeah. Thank you for your report, uh, Chief Tong. I just want to congratulate you on uh, moving out of the pilot phase and and uh, with the uh, street response teams and stuff uh, uh, with the, um, the community paramedicine division. Uh, uh, so that's, a, that's very good. Very mm-hmm. good. Congratulations. And uh, you guys do a great job. Uh, I'm a big fan of the street response teams. Uh, and you and uh, chief Pang and chief Tangerlini, uh, I applaud you guys. You guys are you guys are angels in disguise. And uh, I was looking at some of your, uh, charts, uh, but I found one that was kind of, I always, I always like these charts and <laughs> the graph. Uh, well, and it's kind of alarming, but it's unfortunate, but you know, about the Narcan use. Oh, man, that thing is just skyrocketing up, you mm-hmm. know. And, and do you guys share this with the police department, some of these charts that Narcan use?
11: Um, not uh, this one in particular, no.
4: Uh-huh. I was just curious. You know, they're really good charts. They're so very, very informative and fortunate. But, uh, other than that, always like your report. That's all Thank I got. You. Thank you very much.
2: Thank you very much, Vice President Morgan. Commissioner Collins? Great work.
6: Excellent report. My question is, of the data that you aggregate, what do you share, and with whom do you share it? Um,
11: it, it depends on the thing that we're looking at. Uh, f- for instance, with a lot of the um, community paramedicine programs, the street, um, the street teams, um, there are dashboards that are available that are publicly you know, available. We keep a lot of this, I mean, all of this data is what we use internally primarily, right, to determine if we're doing things operationally appropriately, can we be more efficient, how can we, you know, do all of that. Um, There's not a lot that we necessarily put out that's public facing from EMS. Um, There is, you know, from the city website, they um, have response times, and I think that's kind of the main thing that gets, you know, looked at um, from the EMS um, side of it. So depending on what it is that you're asking, I can tell you a little bit more specifically.
6: Well, uh, it's kind of a 30,000 foot question, but I mean, these are city issues, mm-hmm. um, Narcan, fentanyl, you know, I mean, these are city issues. And the work that you're doing is so clearly impacting the problem and in need of greater support, I'm just wondering, You know with other city entities with not-for-profits that say they're doing it what is the way to kind of put all the data together in your view Mm -hmm. and get a bigger impact
11: i mean i do think that when we're collecting the data when we're looking at how we're performing and the relationship that we have with other agencies to those conversations that we have. I know the chief um, meets with a lot of the policymakers to discuss exactly that. You know, this is what we're seeing, these are the trends that we're seeing, this is the information that we have, and this is what I think as a chief that we should be doing, right? These are some of the suggestions that we have based on the data, based on what we know is going on. This is how we can better improve not only our services, but the services of the city, and how we can tackle this as a, you know, as a whole city and not just kind of um, piecemeal department department. I mean, it is a challenge because everybody has their own challenges, sure. and so it's trying to figure out how do we um, integrate the information that we have with everyone else so that we can come up with a solution that serves all. And I think that's been um, you know, the work that has to be done. And I think, you know, especially with Chief uh, Nicholson, there are a lot of good relationships that exist. And so those conversations and the ability to have that kind of dialogue, to be able to say really clearly, these are some of the things that we see aren't working. And how can we better work with you? And that, that data that we provide to her um, is, is what can help support you know, what the needs are. Um, I know we've also, you know, when we we were trying to um, advocate for the additional 60 um, EMTs and paramedics for the EMS division, there was a lot of data reviewed by the controller's office to really look at how are we, you know, are we we just crying? You know, we want more people, or is it, you know, is it proven in data? And we were able to prove in data that these this was a real need and that we were understaffed and that we needed to have this additional funding. So they really supported. Um, we were able to provide them with the information they needed so they could help back us up when we asked of that um, with the Board of Supervisors.
6: Great. That's good to hear. Thank you.
2: Thank you very much, Commissioner Collins. Uh, Chief, Chief Tong. Um, I wanted to congratulate you, Chief Nicholson to Pang, Chief Salone on this formal approval. In terms of EMS, it is a big deal. Yeah, a huge big deal. I also wanted to formally uh, uh, congratulate the formal approval of the community paramedicine uh, concept EMS six uh, within the state as well. I uh, appreciate your acknowledgement that Chief Tagalini. Uh, again, each one of us has a relationship with Chief Tagalini again. When you talk about the formalization of the concept and he was the lone person out there, I did a ride along with him in those days and heard him s- scenario in terms of the formalization of the concept and to be able to see that as a base and then to go to EMS six and now to the paramedicine with the crisis teams and the response team is a great thing, It's it makes a lot of sense. Part of this is I always drift back to when the, or ambulance services came from the health department. And I know that you're one of the veterans, few left within the department of that experience. But that was a huge, huge growing point for the San Francisco Fire Department to, as they say, inherit or this is what we have to deal with at this time. So I just wanted to say that. I also wanted to congratulate Chief Tagalini on your Jefferson Award recognition, Chief, uh, because I think that's really, really well deserved. And uh, very, very important uh, overall, Chief Tong. Thank you very much for your comprehensive report, Madam Secretary.
0: Item five: Resolution 2023-06. Discussion and possible action regarding proposed resolution 2023-06, recommending that the Board of Supervisors authorize the San Francisco Fire Department to us. Ass- to accept a donation of 1,829 smoke detector alarms and 536 carbon monoxide detector alarms valued at $62,857.50 from KID for the Fire Department's Fire Prevention Division.
2: Welcome uh, Director Corso. Uh, I know that we continue this item, Resolution 2023-06. Please uh, present this item
12: thank you uh good evening mr president mr vice president commissioners chief uh yes the next item uh, which is the acceptance of approximately sixty-three thousand dollars in donated smoke alarms and carbon monoxide detectors from KIDA. Uh this is part of the city's formal gift acceptance policy uh, and as the mr president had mentioned it was continued uh, from last meeting uh, the reason for the continuation was that we received an additional donation uh, of additional units uh, which increased the total amount both from a dollar perspective uh, which was the key trigger uh, that actually had it uh, required to be reposted uh, for public consumption because of the change in the amount. But that's overall, that's great news. Um, so here to actually uh, request approval for this item. Um, so the actual item is approximately $63,000, over 1,800 smoke detectors and over 500 carbon monoxide detectors uh, donated to the Department. These are given out at various community and safety events throughout the year. Uh, They we they're targeted for uh, underserved communities and elderly populations and uh, the department would like to thank kida for their uh, generous donation Happy to answer any questions
2: Thank you. Mr. Corso. What I want to do is do public comment on this and then I'll direct it to the commissioners for questions or
0: There is nobody approaching the podium and nobody on the public comment line.
2: Thank you very much. Madam Secretary public comment is closed on this item commissioners Commissioner Feinstein
1: um, Mr. Corso, uh, thank you for this, and it's it's terrific news for families. This may sound uh, like a sarcastic question, but I don't intend it to be. Okay. Um, who's going to change the batteries?
12: Yeah. This, well, that's on uh, a question to that. Uh, we don't actually we assist with the donation, the facil- facilitating the donation of these and the uh, to these to. Families to underserved communities. We don't actually do any installation, but we do partner with community uh, organizations the Red Cross to make sure that they get installed correctly and they're all monitored.
1: That's great. Okay. Thank you. Since I have some that need changing and you know, the chirping can drive you really crazy (laughs) Uh, and the ceiling is high. So, uh, it was an important question for me.
8: Thank you.
2: Yes. Thank you very much, Commissioner Feinstein. Commissioner Fraser, did you have a question?
8: No, but I'd like to move that we accept the proposed resolution.
2: Okay. We have a motion. And wonderful.
8: Congrats. Wonderful. Thank you. That's wonderful
0: yeah. news. I'd yeah. second.
2: Thank you very much, Commissioner Feinstein. moving to second.
0: President Nakaja, how do you vote? I vote aye. Vice President Morgan, how do you vote? I
4: vote aye. And and commission- I just want to add, Mr. is pretty tall to change batteries. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> and, and Commissioner Collins, how do you vote? The motion is unanimous. Okay. Thank,
2: thank you thank very you. much, Director Corso, for the good news and for the hard
12: work. Thank you.
0: Madam Secretary. Item six, adjournment.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, commissioners, this meeting is adjourned. I believe it's just one. I think i get a ride to J-Town now?